1967. It's a cold December evening. Indeed, the kind of cold you still feel deep in your bones, even from within the relative comfort of your car. You find yourself traveling across a bridge, a slender thread of steel spanning over the Ohio River below, connecting West Virginia and Ohio. Officially, it's called the Point Pleasant Bridge, but the locals call it the Silver Bridge. You've just left the office, your tired eyes straining against the setting sun. It's getting dark, but as you drive across the bridge, a sudden glimmer arrests your gaze. This time, it's not the glint from the silver paint that gives the bridge its name. You see a spectral figure perched on the bridge above with something almost resembling grace, its silhouette shackled by the winter sun setting behind it. Large ornate wings frame it, giving it an otherworldly visage. Its eyes, like twin embers, pierce your soul to the point of near hypnosis. They bring with them a local story from earlier in the year, it immediately surging into your mind as your eyes lock. The Mothman. You feel compelled to leave, your heart, or at least what feels to be your heart, thrums a frantic rhythm as you push your car forward faster. <laughs> what up feels to be your heart? What else would it be? Like Tony Stark? <laughs> well, you're going to find out heart. in a second. You're going to find out what this thrumming uh, motion is. You know the story. Come on. Uh, pushes your car forward faster, as fast as the pedal will allow. No sooner. <laughs> I'm just laughing at what you just said. I didn't realize you brought Tony Stark into it. <laughs> <laughs> you made a reference. There it goes. First one of the episode, boys. <laughs> it's just a wild thing to say, or at least what feels to be your heart. I know what you're getting at, but I just love that statement. <laughs> It, it was it was so funny how the moment Charlie said something, Jackson was like, "What? What?" <laughs> what? I knew it was coming. I just wanted to know what sentence it would be that triggered him. No sooner do your wheels cross the threshold of the far shore than the world shudders. The thrum you felt now has sound—a cacophonous dirge as the silver bridge succumbs to a tragic destiny. In your rearview mirror, the Mothman's prophecy unfolds. Metal and humanity entwine as the bridge collapses into the relentless river below. You hit the brakes and sit for a moment in solitude with your thoughts amidst the chaos and image of the unlucky cars that tragically fell with the bridge that carried them, grappling with the questions that immediately echo in your mind. Was the Mothman a guardian angel or a harbinger of calamity? That's what we aim to find out in this week's episode of The Red Thread, the show where we explore all manner of interesting mysteries this world has to offer. I'm talking cults, conspiracies, cold cases, and yes, even cryptids. We discuss them all. My name's Jackson, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts Isaiah and Charlie, and this episode of The Red Thread is kindly brought to you all by the fine folks at Athletic Greens and HelloFresh. You'll be hearing from them later on in the show, and we're just so thankful for their support as well as your support for tuning in and listening to the show. So guys, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Uh, I woke up a little groggy this morning. Uh, what what felt like my brain had a bit of <laughs> mist around it. And now I'm waking up a little bit and I'm getting excited because I know a lot about Mothman. Probably more about Mothman than I did Goatman, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm super familiar with Mothman. I watched a couple documentaries on him, actually. But you're the self-professed mo- uh, Goatman expert. So what, what would that mean I, I am about uh, Mothman? Like, you, What's the level up from expert? A Mothman enthusiast. No, no, no. Well, that's no, that's no, no, way less. That's, yeah. that's less. Uh, a Mothman... Hmm. I don't know. Academics, not... Yeah. Mothman scholar, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. What is believed to be a scholar. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Moth, I'm, I'm super stoked for this. Uh, big fan of Mothman. Mothman's one of the few cryptids that I've actually like been to the location of. Like I, I oh, spent really? a, a couple days in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, with some friends, and mm. it was a great time. We like snuck around the TNT area and all that. So I, I also feel adequate and <laughs> this maybe not so much a scholar as charlie says but i feel pretty good about <laughs> yeah. it so you're the enthusiast charlie's a scholar and i'm just the i'm the audience member right here because i really like i knew this the symbols of mothman going into this because it's very hard to ignore mothman he's like one of the most prevalent cryptids to have ever existed really uh, like he's right up there um yeah. so i know the basics of him but yeah i, I don't know all the intricacies that a scholar and an enthusiast would know. So I am very excited to get into this to kind of dig whatever I can out of you guys because I'm sure you have a lot to share. Yeah, no, I think he's really interesting. Uh, I'll also get this spoiler out of the way right now. He's kind of like an anti-hero cryptid, which is very rare. In, like, we'll yeah. get into it a bit later, but he's not like a categorically evil presence mm -hmm. to everybody in the area, which is interesting. Yeah. I definitely note that later in, in the document. By the way, if you're at home, you can read uh, the show notes for each of the episodes that in the description of the videos. I, I noted that it's interesting because Mothman isn't ever portrayed as aggressive, really. He doesn't have an aggressive yeah. kind of attitude. It's more so people just stumble across him and he flies away <laughs> and tries to escape <laughs> and then they like take it as a bad omen. Uh, like he is the bad omen cryptid. If cryptids were like classified as Pokemon, that's what he would be. He would be the bad omen uh, cryptid, I think. Thank you. That was a pop culture reference from you this from time. From Jackson, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Look at you. Yeah. You're rubbing off on me. Next thing you yeah. know, you'll be a scholar. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go through my metamorphosis. Now, they're like crypt the cryptic community has a habit of like taking creatures and then making them like, oh, a cutesy little like a friend of nature type thing. And I think it started with Mothman. Um, or at least that's the one that's most common done with. Like, I can't think of anyone who knows Mothman who treats it like a scary monster. It's always like, oh, the big moth yeah. guy who flies around the woods. So yeah, he's, he's definitely seen as like benevolent to most people. Yeah. yeah. Almost whimsical in some of the other accounts, which is kind of cute. Yeah. Very, yeah. very charming. Definitely not something to be scared of. Like, uh, we'll get into it very shortly with kind of the first sightings of Mothman, but there was an interesting anecdote about how someone uh, someone came across uh, Mothman, like one of the first few sightings, and then instead of, like, they fleed first, they fled first, and then they they thought about it for a moment, and then they were like, hey, wait, wait a minute, no, I want to see that, I want to see more of that. So they went back to the <laughs> scene to try to find Mothman because they were that <laughs> intrigued by it. So it's not like, it's not something like, uh, people people want to go out and find Mothman more, I think. Well, at least that, they did yeah. back then. That's the most, like, me and the boys thing ever. It's like we see a monster, mm. and then we, like, get to hyping ourselves up. Like, we can take it. We, <laughs> we'll get it this time. Now we know what to expect. It got us by surprise, but now that it's a fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of like us playing uh, Lethal Company that one time, like... <laughs> You go into the factory once, you get you get a side of the scary monsters, you get scared, and then afterwards it kind of loses in, it's, it, its impact and you're, you're fine with going back in for more. And then for us, it just becomes like, yeah, we, we can show them, we'll be fine, and then you get a jetpack yeah. and it's all over. So. <laughs> all right, so uh, do one of you want to describe the goth man, the goth man, the moth man? 
<laughs> uh, give a description of the Mothman for the people at home because uh, I'll throw it up on screen as well. But I, I feel like words are probably good for a which podcast. depiction though, because they do change based on eyewitness accounts. The most classic one is the one that the statue is made after, which you have a picture of in here. Mm-hmm. They kind of make him look like a like some kind of Power Rangers villain almost. He's he's a giant <laughs> steel. He's got red eyes and. He literally looks like something you would see out of a cartoon. So a lot of accounts have him look more haunting, kind of like almost Batman-esque in the night, and you can never really get a good view of him. But the one they put a statue up of is like the more, I guess I'd say more like jolly version of Mothman. Like the hero version. Yeah, where he looks like something to not really fear all that much you, you describe so he actually what you described that face as jolly i'd say it's kind of jolly yeah he's got like inviting red eyes there's a like, well, the picture you have here has a dog on it so it makes it even more inviting <laughs> yeah. but like he's not We're talking scary. about the like, statue anyone... not the dog charlie i don't know if you knew that <laughs> yeah i just feel like this isn't like as far as cryptids go, this isn't one you'd be afraid of. If you saw it, you'd be like, oh, that's a very interesting looking little guy. <laughs> what a weird, it's what a it's weird thing. contextual, though. Like, if I was in this, like, pleasant looking uh, environment where the statue is, sure, and it was daytime, but you put that you put that son of a bitch in the dark forest at night, and all you can see is his fucking abs peeking through the forest leaves <laughs> and his bright red eyes. I well, that's another thing, yeah. This <laughs> yeah. one has the more humanoid shape to him, where it looks more like he's wearing a moth mask than an actual moth man. Yeah. 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 Mo- most depictions of him are more, like, simplistic, I guess, where he's kind of like a black shape with these huge red eyes. And then a lot of them and have the depiction that his arms and wings are one, you know, like he, he spreads his wings out like a bat, sort of. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. whereas ones like this, it's like he has human arms and then wings behind him. Typically the common stuff is that he's like a fuzzy, like six to eight foot tall creature, um, covered it, uh, covered in fur. He has large wings, glowing red eyes, uh, and like other details of his appearance vary beyond that, but that seems to be the through line across it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, it is basically like a, like a moth that is humanoid to some degree. Like the head is usually like very small. There's no, uh, I think there's no neck most of the time. It's just like the, the, the head is attached directly to the torso at the top. And then it's just like very piercing red eyes. That's always the main focal point yeah. that people point to in their eyewitness testimonies is just the bright red eyes. Um, I, is that something that moths have, by the way? Do they have, do no. they have bright red eyes? <laughs> they, so that's a Mothman exclusive. Okay, interesting. The the fr- choosing to call it Mothman is kind of funny in the first because I know it like appears at night and has wings, but like I guess Batman was taken. That's why they went with Mothman. That, that's exactly why it was called uh, uh, Mothman. It was dubbed the Mothman by the press after the Batman show was popular on TV at the time. That's right. Uh, I'm not sure yep. Yep. why they specifically chose Moth because I don't really get Moth vibes from him from how he's portrayed. Really, no. That is that but, is very 60s though. Like they see a creature in the woods, it's like, oh, it's like that DC comic. You hear? Well, I guess it's more like 20s or 30s, but same yeah, vibe. Yeah. It's West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what Stan Lee would do at at Marvel. Basically, like he sees a item in the room and he's like, "That's Chairman or whatever." It's like what they all did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. 
Yeah. So that's that's uh that's what Mothman basically looks like. The characteristics, like Charlie said, there are some different eyewitness accounts that kind of differ on on certain elements like there are some certain accounts which claim that he has dark brown or grayish skin instead of just all fuzz and of course the uh the statue that is in uh point pleasant is more exaggerated and hero-like in my opinion like he is a greek adonis almost he's got like a (laughs) six-pack abs giant pecs like nice firm muscles and stuff like that he's he's also got a like a very good butt a, a nice thick butt I, I made sure to include this i'll put this on the screen hopefully youtube doesn't have a problem with it but i'll put it on screen uh yeah they they really rendered out his <laughs> ass cheeks for everyone yeah. to enjoy i think that's a funny decision from the statue maker to be like no i know what i must do <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give him a good keister <laughs> my wife grabbed it she that's the first thing she did when she saw the statue so oh yeah, really I guess it, yeah i guess it attracts people like a moth to the flame so to speak <laughs> uh that's another thing that i think differs mothman from actual moths i don't believe moths have asses like that so <laughs> i don't think they do <laughs> yeah i think you're right as well as far as anatomy i haven't inspected it. a moth lately but i'm pretty sure imagine if they were flying around caked up just fucking <laughs> butt cheeks in the air <laughs> be great. uh yeah but so that's that's essentially what mothman looks like he's like a humanoid furry winged thing that flies through the air six to eight feet tall like Isaiah said and and Again, just the glowing red eyes. I think that is really the most defining characteristic that people point to the most is the glowing red eyes. So let's get into the first sightings. Um, November 12th is the first sighting that I was able to find from 1990, uh, 1966 in Clendenin, West Virginia. Have you been there, Isaiah? I have, yeah, yeah. Most of the... Uh, so that's like... It's in West Virginia, but it's outside of it. The more popular Mothman sighting uh, was, of course, the one in Point Pleasant or just outside of Point Pleasant. So I've been through Clandon Inn, but I don't think I did any touristy stuff there, if there is any. Um, I'm familiar with, again, I'm familiar with the Point Pleasant stuff, but yeah, I've driven through Clandon Inn. Yeah, so um, from what I could determine, this was the first canonical sighting of Mothman, but it wasn't the first reported sighting, and I'll get into that in a second. So this first sighting of the Mothman is believed to be by Kenneth Duncan on November 12th, 1966. Duncan and four other men were digging a grave for Kenneth's father-in-law, Homer Smith, in the Clendenin Cemetery. Duncan saw a figure that was human-like flying out of the surrounding woods, and it glided over their heads, basically. And the other men that day apparently did not see the creature, so it was only Kenneth Duncan that, that spied the elusive Mothman. And he discussed it with his friends, but they didn't report it until other people had also reported seeing Mothman. So it's it's unsure to me if this was an actual sighting or if they or, or if Kennedy Duncan, uh, Kenneth Duncan, just saw all the like you know press, uh, you know the the articles in the paper that c- came out later and like kind of jumped on it, you know, because it it wasn't it wasn't the first reported sighting. It was just yeah. Yeah. yeah, it could have influenced what he thought he saw. It could have just been a really big bat, which, if I remember correctly, in West Virginia, like in this general area, you have it, la- well, you don't have it, you didn't make this graph, but it's labeled the Mothman Triangle. If I remember correctly, there is a lot of bat activity in those general areas, so it could have just been a really big bat. It could be a bunch of different animals um, 
that that's one of my main theories is that it was an animal instead uh, in most of these yeah. sightings because um like most of the sightings are like of the of the mothman up above gliding over them which is yes what bat bats do <laughs> which is ironic because uh they could have called it batman then if <laughs> if that's the direction they wanted to go with it that yeah but that would have been awful for seo you know true yeah <laughs> it would have been optimized yeah it would have dc would have absolutely oh, yeah <laughs> true all right, so yeah, that was the first canonical sighting. Do you guys know about that one, or was that new to you guys? I've I've heard of it before. I've I've never I've normally heard it described as like after the sighting occurred, there were people who were like, "Yeah, that's kind of like that thing I saw last week." You yeah, know? exactly. Uh, which is kind of like anecdotal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, if you like, if you were out grave digging, which is a weird detail, but if you were out grave digging <laughs> and then like a giant bird flew over you. And like you told your friend, and then three days later, someone's like, "There's a giant moth thing right up the road." You'd be like, "Huh? Yeah, Wait maybe, a minute. Yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, absolutely yeah. right for sure. Yeah, it's, I'm not like trying to insinuate uh, good old Kenneth Duncan here was being nefarious <laughs> in his reporting or anything like that. Maybe he truly believed that he saw the same thing that was then reported by other people later on in the. Well, in you, the week. you might be too afraid to, but I, I'll call him a liar to his face. I think <laughs> Kenneth Duncan made that shit up, and he's a clout chaser trying to capitalize <laughs> off Mothman. Hey, he'll dig a grave for you next. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. He's already, it's true. What happened to his father-in-law? We don't know, but he was digging that grave for some reason, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll have to get Jackson on that case. <laughs> <laughs> his father-in-law's last words were, "I don't believe in Mothman." <laughs> How Mothman was used to cover up a murder. <laughs> which, which I think we talked about that in the Goatman episode. We, we like, or, or, sorry, we didn't. Charlie accused that professor of killing those mm-hmm. people and then yeah. blaming it on Goatman. Came out so of this is the, as well. Same. Yeah, yeah. So this is the same thing. This is the second episode where we're starting to accuse just normal people of killing people <laughs> on behalf of a cryptid. So we're on a good streak. <laughs> Yeah, it's just important we keep all doors open. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <At> always, <laughs> as long as they endanger my life. Yeah, as, as long as open. one of you two are in danger and I'm fine, I agree. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that makes the most sense yeah, for the yeah. longevity of the podcast. Sure, I'll I'll run it. Don't worry, boys. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll be doing it on your own eventually. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, <laughs> So the the first reported, let's say, uh, sighting of it of of Mothman came from Roger and Linda Scarberry, as well as Steve and Mary Millette. and this was in an area called the TNT area in Point Pleasant. The TNT area has a bit of a reputation now for being Mothman's local haunt. And what mm-hmm. the TNT area is, maybe actually you you should go into this Wendigoon because I feel like you've been there. Yeah, it's uh so during World War Two, it was I've heard some people say it was like a place where the military made ammunition. Others said it was just a storage for ammunition, but it was basically like a depot uh, during the war. Um, and nowadays it's like a nature preserve. And it's actually pretty mm-hmm. cool because the old like bunkers and uh, storage units are there. Most of them are locked up so that people don't get stuck down there at night or whatever. Uh, but it's pretty cool because, you know, you can see the old domes and stuff like that. Um, but at the time it was like a known place for like teenagers to go hang out, uh, smoke weed, you know, the kind of stuff teenagers in the sixties get up to. Um, but it's, it's outside of town in the middle of a tree line and it's all of these like, uh, quiet secluded areas. So naturally it's the kind of place you'd expect stories like this to start to pop out of. 
Yeah, especially, and it's like Goatman again, especially um, when like teenagers are involved, as you said, like if it's a teenage local haunt or local area where they hang out a lot, those kinds of stories emanate a lot from those kinds of places, I think. Um, and so, yeah, uh, the TNT area, uh, it's now called the McClintic, McClintic Wildlife Management Area, so like a wildlife reserve, basically. Um, and it's a bunch of igloos I heard them described as, like mini bunkers where they stored all the TNT and stuff like that during World War II, as you said. Yeah. And so this group of individuals, I don't know how old they were at the time, but they were they were young on the younger M- side. Most stories I heard here place them as like uh, high schoolers. Uh, that would make sense. Maybe early college, like 17, 18. So they claimed that they were driving through the area and suddenly the group saw bright red eyes in the distance. Looking closer, they saw a tall humanoid figure standing at around seven feet tall with folded wings and no neck walking away from the road. And then they sped off in the car. Uh, Roger, who was driving, turned onto Route 62, and they saw on the pavement the same creature again. It spread its wings and jumped into the sky, I guess, like like a superhero launch, basically, like just <laughs> catapulted into the sky and flew over the top of their car where they heard a loud, high-pitched screech, kind of like... I heard it described as like a mouse screaming. I don't know what that sounds like, but that's what I heard it described as. Uh, yeah, so they they heard that when the when the Mothman flew over the top, and then they sped off, basically fleeing the scene. And then later they went to the Mason County Sheriff Office. Once they went back, they went they did go back to confirm it uh, that they saw him, and they saw him again in the field or something like that. And then they went back to the Mason County Sheriff's Office and reported the encounter to the Deputy Millard Halstead, who then returned to the TNT area with with the group. Uh, but noted nothing unusual except for a strange static sound coming from the radios as well as some strange shadows and an unexplained dust cloud. <laughs> I'm not sure what the dust cloud means. It's like Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> Why the fuck would he note a dust cloud? <laughs> he was just being thorough. He also, you know, made note that a couple of the trees had their bark torn off or something like really trivial. <laughs> He's painting a picture. Yeah. It's the best investigator point pleasant ever seen. <laughs> I mean, he club. is. It's it. It would be funny though if it's if it was like a comedic like Tasmanian devil dust cloud like right next <laughs> to them, and he's like, "That's suspicious." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> also, after this, Linda Scarberry was treated for shock after the incident and experienced unnerving phone calls as well as intimidating visits from the Men in Black asking her about the night and telling her not to spread what happened. No, not sure of the validity of that accusation or story, yeah, but that's just part of the story around it. Yeah, yeah. Linda Skybury also claimed to often hear disembodied noises, and she claimed to see items moving by themselves, which she attributed to a poltergeist, which is further evidence of her fragile mental state. Really. Yeah, I think like yeah, I don't, a lot of people accuse I mean, it's Mothman. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's Mothman. Yeah, he turned into a dust cloud and came to a house just to move shit around. Every day, there's just like a whirlwind in her living room, just yeah. destroying stuff. Um, I, I think like one of the reasons the story has so much validity and caught on is because these were like four teens who were like freaked out enough that it got the local police to investigate. And yep. over their entire life, to my knowledge, they never said, like, oh, it was a joke, oh, it was a hoax. Like, they all 
fully dedicated that they saw something. Yeah, they stuck to their stories, which I think is what gave the legend a lot of validity early on. Yeah, uh, early on, definitely. Like at that time, for it to make the newspapers, the local newspapers, uh, and also like the police to do a semi investigation into it and to take them seriously, I think that did lend a lot of validity to to their story and probably made people like second look at it also what gave them a bit of validity in my eyes is that they all like you said they stuck to the same story even during the police interviews they had written uh statements with the police and all of them were exactly the same like they they had taken the written statements separately uh like in different rooms at the police station and all of the facts remained the same across all four written statements so there were no like no lies being spread between the individuals. They all had the same story at the end of the day. Um, uh, but I will say that once you incorporate weed into the matter, maybe they believed what they saw, but maybe what they saw was influenced by the weed as well. <laughs> Potentially. Well, it's not like a hallucinogenic. No, I, I don't know. think they'd have like some kind of trip off weed. Sure, I, I think know, he's but- saying if it was like a stork or something. Yeah. Like- Oh yeah, I weed get, would make you, it you. a lot more than just a stork. Is I think always get that. Yeah, yeah. Well, not in a, like a hallucinogenic. Hallucinogen. Sure, you just Jesus. thank you. Not, not in a mind altering way, like too much. But like, yeah, I, I think it has some kind of mental effect. On if you. he was super high, then uh, great driving. You know, <laughs> going down those country roads at night. I've been there. It's not a straight shot. It's a lot of twists and turns. So good on him. <laughs> Well, also, that's another reason why I found it so um, uh, so interesting in this case, because they were four, four teenagers who were smoking a lot of weed, and they still went to the police in the 1960s. That's they must true. have been that's scared true. out of yeah. their minds to go to the police while probably reeking of weed after driving under the influence. Like, that's, that's a serious thing to do. So I, I fully believe, I actually do fully believe that they think that they saw something at least resembling um the mothman i don't think it was made up or anything like that whether or not it was mothman or something like mothman is another story i don't know it, i i really do think it's just like an animal that they saw that they kind of like tricked themselves into believing was more substantial but that's where i'm at i don't know about you guys yeah i don't think they made it up i don't think they were lying i think they're just confused on what they experienced mm-hmm. agreed I think there's a level of mass hysteria where there were a lot of sightings all on the same month, yep. and it started to influence what they thought they were experiencing. You, you know, I, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and plant my flag now. Someone on this podcast has to be, you know, the, the freak. So I, I, they saw Mothman. I think they saw a giant eight foot tall <laughs> winged fur thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that's my yeah, take. Okay, you plant your flag. You you stick yeah, by that. I don't want you. I don't want you to waver from that opinion for the rest of the episode. No, I, nay, for I the rest of your don't life. Worry. Don't worry, I'm here. Okay, <laughs> I'm clocked good. in right now. I'm good to go. Before we move on to the next uh, eyewitness statements from from more individuals, uh, let's take a break to hear from our wonderful sponsors for this episode right now. Hey everybody, and thank you so much for watching the podcast. It really does mean the world, and we greatly appreciate it. But I wanted to take a minute to talk about someone else who we really appreciate, and that's today's sponsors. 
Beginning with the sponsor who should be no surprise if you've came here from my channel because not only are they great to work with, but they make a fantastic product. And that sponsor is AG1. For those that don't know, AG1 is your daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, citrates, and much, much more all in one easy drink. I checked out AG1 for the first time when they offered to sponsor me on the main channel. And after getting a hold of it, I couldn't stop. See, I, like a lot of people who spend most of their time in front of a computer, don't treat my diet the way I should. But thanks to AG1, I can help take care of my body the way that it deserves. Since taking AG1, I found myself to have more energy throughout the day. I felt less groggy in the evenings. And it's not because ag one some miracle tonic or simulant or something. It's just because my body is finally getting the supplements that it should have been getting every day. And instead of being a bunch of different pills and doses that you have to take every morning, AG1 is instead one easy drink. And by easy, I really mean easy, because all you need is 12 ounces of water, a scoop of AG1, shake it up, and you're good to go. AG1 is the easy, one-step process to help take control of your health, and I'm very excited to welcome them on as a partner to the show. And right now, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. That's because if you head to the link in the description at drinkag1.com slash redthreadpod, you will be able to get two free gifts with your order of AG1. One is a year's supply of vitamin D3 and K2. Just put a drop of this in your drink every morning to get even more of the vitamins you need. And the other is five days worth of AG1 in their convenient travel packs, which means even more AG1 that you can take with you on the go. So to get in on these two free gifts, just head to the link in the description at drinkag1.com slash redthreadpod to get in on this fantastic offer today. Thank you all so much for watching the ad, and thank you so much to AG1 for sponsoring the show. It really does mean the most. Hope you all check them out. Link is in the description. And now, onto a word from our next sponsor. And today's next sponsor that I am very excited to tell you about is HelloFresh. HelloFresh is the fun, easy, and affordable way to get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients delivered right to your door. And after trying it for myself, it's no wonder as to why it's America's number one meal kit. I can't express to you guys enough how much I love HelloFresh. I'd heard about the brand before, but never actually tried them out until they sent me the samples to make the ad for this episode. And since trying it out, I think I've told everyone I know that they need to get in on HelloFresh. I told my parents about it, I told my sisters about it, I told my in-laws about it, I told other YouTubers I've talked to since about it. Because sure, I hear people online say that it's good food, but I didn't realize until trying it for myself how good that food is. The way HelloFresh works is they send you pre-portioned meals right to your doorstep, meaning you receive all of the ingredients needed to make a full course meal, as well as detailed step-by-step -step instructions about the meal itself. Meaning regardless of your skill in the kitchen, you can probably put together one of these meals pretty easily. And by fresh, I mean very fresh, as there was farm fresh produce and fresh meat and every other ingredient was the top notch it could be. You probably hear food delivered to your doorstep and are thinking it's kind of like freezer slash cafeteria food quality, but all of the ingredients were like, I just picked them up at a farmer's market. Once you're signed up for HelloFresh, you just pick what meals you want out of their 45 options and then pick a delivery date and boom, no trip to the grocery store, no extra ingredients that end up going in the trash. It is the exact portion you need for each meal delivered in a delicate manner to your doorstep to make delicious food. Especially because like my wife and I are so busy, we each work, it can be hard for us to think of recipes, drive to the store, get all the ingredients, and then learn each step of the process the night that we decide to cook something. But with HelloFresh, we take out all the guesswork. Something looks good, we get it in, and we do the cooking, we get 
get the healthy eating and all that. It's better than, you know, just going out to get food and way more affordable. But it also tastes better too and lets me feel good about what I'm eating without sacrificing the time or money that I otherwise would. The best endorsement I can give for HelloFresh is this. If HelloFresh doesn't sponsor any future projects I work on, then we are going to buy enough HelloFresh to where it makes up at least half of the meals we eat in a week. Because HelloFresh is so painless, affordable, fun, and delicious that we can't get enough of it. So you should get in on today's exciting offer and see what all the fuss is about. That's because if you go to hellofresh.com slash redthreadfree and use code redthreadfree, you'll get free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash redthreadfree with code redthreadfree. Get in on this fantastic offer at the link in the description and get in on America's number one meal kit today. Thank you all so much for watching the ad and thank you so much to HelloFresh for sponsoring this video and sending me the food. It was really good and I greatly appreciate it. Hope you all check them out. Link is in the description. And now we are back to the show. Yep. So fuck. He <laughs> <laughs> was just really thinking about that HelloFresh. Yeah. Oh man. HelloFresh. So fucking good. Hopefully they don't mind me swearing. Okay, so the very next uh, eyewitness account that I could find, and Charlie, you were right. They were all within the span of like a week. <laughs> like the first yeah. sighting came out, the article came out, and then uh, just eyewitness accounts kept coming in just that one week, basically during November. Um, and the very next one was from a woman named Faye Dewitt, who claimed that herself and her brother had heard the reports from the day before of Roger, Linda, Steve, and Mary seeing a moth-like creature nearby. And her brother wanted to prove that this sighting was fake, so they ventured out into the area searching for any evidence that they could find. Do you guys know about this one? Yep. All right, yes. well, someone else yeah, yeah. can tell this one. I, uh, I, you know, I can read it for you in this beautiful yeah, text it. document you have together. <laughs> so it says, uh, <laughs> Faye DeWitt and her brothers... Wait, that's the one we're talking about, right? The, the Faye one? Yep. Okay, yeah. make it sure. Faye DeWitt and her brother set out to find the moth or bird man that had been witnessed by the Scarberries and Mallets the previous day, firmly believing they could debunk the sighting. As they explored, Faye's brother spotted a figure near the car. When Faye turned around, she found herself face to face with the Mothman. She vividly described its eyes as so big and glowy and red like you never saw red. Attempting to flee, they drove into a dead end. According to Faye, the Mothman leaped onto the hood of the car fixating its gaze alternately between her and her petrified brother. The creature then jumped onto a five-story building. Faye's brother, undeterred, <laughs> left the car and began hurling rocks at the creature, managing the to fuck? throw one so <laughs> Managing, I guess you're just not about it if you don't get if you don't get what he was on right there, chucking rocks at yeah, it. <laughs> but he, who's he was the real there monster? He was there yeah, to who's win. Who's the real monster? <laughs> Mothman's innocent. He's trying to flee the scene. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, that is true. This, this thing's just trying to fly away. And he's like, not if I have anything to say about it. Um, managing to throw one so close to the creature's foot that the Mothman jumped, unfurled its full wings, and soared into the darkness. 
So, if, so this one, I'll tell you where I stand. This one to me is a bunch of horse oh, radish. I think this one is entirely fake across yeah. the entire board. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that uh, Faye do it is not a reliable eyewitness. Uh, the account of the Mothman like tra- like tracking her down and jumping on the car's hood is just like kind of goofy. I- even like taking into context Mothman itself, like that, that just seems like kind of trying to one-up the other stories right like there's no other behavior that indicates that most men yeah you all would say that wouldn't you bunch of yeah (laughs) just thinking you're so right in your own world like you don't like okay well then let's let's play let's play in your in your pig pen here of of fantasy all right if this is a mothman encounter he's a bitch he's got scared of little rocks being thrown at his feet how about that okay for one he is not weak he is peaceful okay he is he is strong. He could have crushed their heads like a grape at any moment he so <laughs> desired. But instead, he tried to get away. He gets on the hood, and then that guy gets out, the, the freak throwing rocks at him, so he jumps on a building. They start chucking rocks at him, and he's like, oh, I guess you don't want me here? Fine, I'll leave. He could have yeah. eviscerated them in a second if he so desired. But see, nah, that... That sounded more like he was afraid. No, 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 no. If, if this story was made up, let me ask you this, Charlie. How could she have said it was red like you never saw red? How would she have thought of that? See, and and on t- and on, and on top of that, why if they're making up the story, would it not be cooler for him to say that he hit the Mothman? Why just near miss it? Unless oh, that's exactly what happened. So checkmate. He had to hide the Mothman's body. That's why we never saw him again after the fact. He hit, he hit him and had to bury him, and then made up the story. <laughs> had brother rocks at him. I <laughs> killed the Mothman. <laughs> oh man! Imagine killing the Petal Mothman. Also, uh. Yeah, I mean, also, like, if it was fake, maybe they would have made the the building larger than five stories as well. Like, five five just seems like an arbitrary number. You know, you know that is there. actually, like, jokes aside, the one detail about this story that's weird to me. Because I, I don't think the whole time I was in Point Pleasant, there was a single five-story building. Maybe, like, the hotel, or there's a couple of warehouses, like, on Main Street, but are they, they said they were near the TNT area, right? Yeah, so, I don't know what five-story yeah. five buildings would be out in the TNT area. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. I know there's some, like, radar, like, some antennas. Yeah, like yeah, that, or maybe, maybe there's, like, I think there might be, like, an old abandoned, like, uh, plant near the area, yeah. so maybe that's what it was. Uh, but uh, yeah, I remember the first time I read the story, I was like, a five-story building in a field? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that jumped out at me as well. But, but also, what does red like you never saw red mean? I don't... I, I can't it's just even... supposed to be profound. It's like a poetic thing, uh, I red. think, is what she was going for. Yeah, well, uh, because okay. that is the kind of eviction that Mothman pulls out of you when you really see him. Yeah. You true. think about mm-hmm. stuff like that. I want to see that kind of red, though. That sounds cool. See? See? Just, Jackson's on board. Also, I think it's really, I, I really think it's kind of, uh, I don't like these people. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> Why would you throw rocks at an innocent creature who's who's just trying to you know, that, that Well, is... they jumped on the hood of their car, allegedly. Well, that's what he innocent. claims. It sounds like it was a hit and run to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny that you see, like, this impossible, like, beast of nature. And you're like, no, if I have anything to say about it, like, you... <laughs> <laughs> why i ought to as he's like charging yeah, up a big yeah. punch he's shaking his fist in the air yeah. 
<laughs> I like the idea that Mossman was there to like give them a prophetic reading about their future, like warn them about like maybe their car engine needed to be checked, their oil needed to be checked. Do or we something. know? Do we? No, what's the over and under that they died in a car wreck after this? I think Faye was still alive up until very recently, like sixteen, uh, like maybe ten years ago. Hmm. I think so. Uh, I think, See, she... like I said, Mothman's peaceful. Mothman saved them from a car wreck. Is what happened. So, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so that one I, I think is a whole lot of baloney. Um, I think you guys agree. Well, Charlie, I think you agree <laughs> with me <laughs> about that one. Um, and that kind of seemingly came out from the previous uh, articles being written. Like it, it was the day after, basically. So they read the article and they went out and immediately found Mothman. And then the same day, uh, a woman named Marcella ben- Bennett who's 26, and her young daughter drove to a friend's house near the TNT area close to Point Pleasant. While en route, she observed a peculiar funny red light hovering over the TNT area, distinct from an airplane. Upon arrival, as Bennett stepped out of the car with her daughter, a figure near her vehicle caught her attention. She said, It seemed as though it was laying down. It rose up slowly from the ground, a big grey thing, bigger than a man with terrible glowing eyes. There's those eyes again, the the redder than red eyes. Redder than red. Yep. Overwhelmed with terror, she accidentally dropped her baby. (laughs) 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 Maybe that's what the prophecy that, uh, (laughs) the warning that Mothman was trying to teach her at that moment. Don't drop your baby. Why do the worst people run into Mothman? (laughs) (laughs) Like, throws the baby at Mothman. (laughs) Quick, take it. I also love how that's just an element of the story. <laughs> it's one of the most defining, defining parts. Yeah, we quickly recovered, picking picking the baby up, and rushed inside the house. And then hysteria ensued as the creature seemed to shuffle on the porch and peered through the windows. Which again, that's not something that like I don't think that's something that Mothman would do. Yeah, I don't think he'd be out there causing a commotion and looking in. Yeah, like a voyeur, like tapping on the windows. <laughs> like watching watching uh trying to watch her undressed or shit like that like peeking peeking through the windows i don't know that does that doesn't seem like uh mothman to me so despite a police call when they arrived the mothman was nowhere to be found so he vanished in his little fucking dust cloud again all right, all right. riddle me this skeptics if okay. this story is fake why would she add the detail that she dropped her baby that is the worst True, thing. True, that just makes it seem like a bad parent, you're right. This seems like a point of honesty, I think. It's the same reason why people say, well, I actually went there to prove that it's all fake, even though it's a story they're making up. It's supposed to make it seem more credible. So her, like, putting in this detail about dropping her baby, it's like, oh, why? She would she would never put that in there unless it was true. Al- even though I just... I- Alternatively, she dropped her baby accidentally and then she had to make up this entire excuse about Mothman being the thing to cause it <laughs> to rationalize dropping her baby that's pretty that's funny you drop point. your kid in the parking lot you're like oh man there's this like moth demon out there <laughs> so, yeah so sorry that, that's, damn that's you why. mothman <laughs> <laughs> making women drop their babies <laughs> he's a real sick moth <laughs> Um, no, no, then, I don't, no, this this is clearly a true story. I don't know what the what the fuss is about. Yeah, yeah, uh, none of these are credible to me. Like the the first one, the Clendenin one, I don't think is too. Um, it's more credible than these last two, but I think the only really credible one is the uh, Roger and Linda Scarberry one uh, because there was just so many people involved and they all had pretty like um, 
pretty grounded, I guess, like eyewitness reports. It wasn't anything goofy like the like the Mothman jumping on their vehicles or anything like that. It was just they saw the Mothman and then they, they fled the scene, basically. So I think that's why I'm more inclined to believe that one. Yeah, I think all of it's all bunch of gobbledygook nonsense. I, I don't think it's all real. I don't think any of it's real. It's mumbo jumbo. I think the only one where people even really believed it is the one you mentioned where they thought they saw some kind of like demonic creature that was influenced by the headlines. But I see we're getting to like the really interesting part of the story that I find to be the most fascinating. So over the next year, there's a lot of other various reports about Mothman-like sightings, and then uh, the townspeople started attributing everything that went wrong in their town to Mothman. Mm-hmm. So, like, electrical appliances malfunctioning, or cars, or police dispatch getting fuzzled, or, like, UFO sightings. All of them started to, like, go towards, it must be Mothman, like, the like he's the puppet master pulling the strings in our town's its victim. Yeah. And then it finally boiled over. I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of blasting through this, but we're getting to the good no, stuff. Go for it. In December 15th of 1967, that's when the Silver Bridge, which connected to Point, which connected Point Pleasant to Gallipolis, <laughs> Ohio. That's where Superman lives. <laughs> no, it's Metropolis. Gal- yeah, yeah. Well, that's where Mothman lives. Gallipolis. Gallipolis, yeah. Gallipolis, Ohio, yeah. Does that place still so- exist? Yeah, it's still yeah, there. No, well, Mothman didn't kill it. Probably sunk into the sea or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this bridge, the Silver Bridge, collapsed. It resulted in 46 deaths. And at the time, this keep in mind, this is still during that Mothman hysteria. People started reporting that they saw Mothman in the area right before the incident. So they were saying that this is what Mothman does. He's like this harbinger of bad omens. And... All of these things that are going wrong in the town are him, the bridge collapsing, it's him. He brought up he brought upon this calamity. And then the sightings started to slow down. Yep. So we're starting to get into <laughs> how Mothman became a legend. Wait, maybe he was just extremely unlucky and he was <laughs> nesting on the bridge as it collapsed. <laughs> and then he died from the collapse, and that's why we've never seen him again. <laughs> yeah, he was real all the way up until that point. He just <laughs> <laughs> the bridge collapse took him out. Maybe he wasn't the fucking the like uh, uh, he wasn't uh, the prophet of bad omens or anything. Maybe he was just really fucking unlucky. <laughs> like he, he got hit by the other people's car and then rocks were thrown at him, and then everywhere he goes, no one wants him around. There, he nests well, on a bridge by out of town and then it collapses on him. Existed and he died in a freak bridge accident. <laughs> completely unrelated I, I don't know if you i don't know if you have it in your document i didn't see it jackson but do you have like the um genesis story of mothman like some of the mythos around him on like what he is and how he was made i have a few theories it's probably down in the theories area where like um he was a, a escape government experiment oh, yep, stuff that's, like that. that's the one i was gonna get to imagine that's the real one so one of the theories <laughs> is that he was an escaped government experiment during world war ii from that munitions manufacturing site so they thought he was the result of a biological or chemical experiment in the abandoned facilities. So he'd be like this fucked up creature that had been tortured by the government, finally gets free after the war, and then dies in a bridge collapse after getting hit with rocks. What a fucking life. Oh, He's trying no. to beat people, trying to ask for help, and they're throwing rocks at him and, and running him over for their cars. He's just welcoming, welcoming, welcoming them to the only home he ever knew at the TNT area, and people just start shouting and screaming and hitting him with this car. 
he has to nest up in the fucking bridge and it collapses. Oh my god. I, I, all right, Mothman is now the saddest cryptid. Oh my gosh. The idea of like this poor deformed guy just being like, "Oh, you don't want your, you don't want to see my house. <laughs> no friends, come back." As he's chasing the car. It's so fucking. It's such a sad thought. Like I don't. What? I don't subscribe to the belief yeah. that he was some kind of a government experiment. But goddamn, if he was, what an awful life he had. What? What? What are the chances of a bridge just collapsing on like a normal bridge? It's got to be like one in a million, right? That a bridge just falls apart, and he's like, I guess no one will be mad at me up here. Yeah, I can... it fucking collapses. Oh Probably God. the first day he nested there as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I so you you were describing uh, stories about how you would fly over town, like disrupting the satellite dishes or whatever the the radios, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was. So maybe that's also what I think he may have already had like the bad omen stigma around him before that because it, like through sightings maybe people were losing their technology or whatever but yeah once this, <laughs> yeah. maybe he was just full of magnets you know <laughs> yeah it was just an emp device gone wrong yeah that would explain the bridge collapsing you know he just there well there's nothing else to eat in the tnt area so he ate like gunpowder and magnets so any like any electric device he got around quit working that's what led to the bridge collapsing <laughs> So fucking goofy. I love that idea. I love that it's, idea. So what it much. If you want to get a little deeper into it, yeah, it I is do. actual textbook mass hysteria. It does because all like of the like Yeah, within the like I think it was all within a week, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. the the first big reports and articles started getting written. So then everyone started getting a little scared. And this is during the sixties where people were a lot more susceptible to that kind of idea. So then for a whole year, you had all of these reports coming out and then everyone starts thinking anything going wrong has to be Mothman related. And that was just like the boiling point there with the bridge. Yeah, I couldn't tell if people directly like actually saw Mothman on the bridge. No. Uh, There's a photo of like a Mothman like figure on the bridge, but I don't think I don't even think that's the same bridge. I'm not sure. Um, So that is the same bridge. If I recall correctly, it was doctored. To add him yeah, in after the fact to like quote unquote recreate yeah. the sightings. Yeah. So I don't think there were people there were people like saying that he was around the bridge at the time. Um, but then they started attributing it to him like he he was trying to warn them in the months leading up to the bridge collapse or whatever. They were just like you said, they were attributing Mothman to everything that could possibly go wrong. And unfortunately, uh like a bridge collapse that claimed forty six lives is like prime real estate really for that kind of stuff so very sad but i don't think like mothman was a bad omen machine or or like a or, or cause the bridge collapse or anything like that i don't no, think he, had anything he was to just do trying to save collapse. everyone of course of course he didn't cause it he was just being a do-gooder a hero at the time he does become the anti-hero so in 1975, so some years later, I see you did mention the Mothman prophecies. So John A. Keel published the Mothman prophecies, which kind of told the story of Mothman and like his grip on the town. And that really helped elevate it into the mainstream consciousness. So fast forward to early 2000s, January 2002, the Mothman prophecies actually got adapted into a movie starring Richard Gere. So this told the story of Mothman to the new generation. And this is where Mothman becomes like kind of crucial to Point Pleasant 
because then they started holding their own festivals. So their first one was in the same year, September 2002. Point Pleasant launched its Mothman Festival. This is where people like dress up. They they have the statue. They have all these tell these stories being told. Then they start making like the like more fanfic shit about what Mothman is and where he came from. So like the government experiment and all that. And it's actually a really, this is the big part of the documentary I watched. It's actually a really big part of that town's income. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it makes up a huge part of the money that that town is able to like have. It, it, it fuels it. It's their biggest tourism thing. It's their biggest industry. From what I could see and, uh, uh, Wendigoon, you you'd be able to like weigh in on this since you've been there, but it seems like it's an enormous part of their culture in general in that town. Like it a lot is. of their stores have like year long merchandise to do with uh, Mothman, as well as I know there's a cafe there that mm-hmm. serves yep. Mothman related uh, meal items. Like I believe one of them is like Mothman droppings, which are like nice little chocolate treats, mm-hmm. which is and Mothman cookies, which are very good, very yeah. good cookies. Mothman cookies. Um, so like. Not, not not to get sad, but there there is kind of the sad reality with a lot of parts of Appalachia, specifically West Virginia, that they're just very low income areas. And I say this to someone from Appalachia, like I, I grew up in that, that like my family was always prosperous, but around us there was a lot of poverty because a lot of businesses and industry were shut down over the past several decades. And most cities in the area just couldn't recover. There's a lot of abandoned towns, destroyed infrastructure. Uh, people just don't get along well. But then in the middle of all that, you're driving through all these like sleepy towns that have kind of got left behind by industry and whatnot. And then there's just a town on the river called Point Pleasant that's doing great. And when you go there and you start meeting and talking to people, um, it, it's bizarre because you have this idea in your mind of the kind of people who are into like Mothman. It's like, oh, people, you know, our age, millennials, Gen Z type on the Internet, like that's their demographic. And then you go to Point Pleasant. And it's like someone's grandma baking Mothman cookies, or it's yeah. like a family-owned pizza shop that makes Mothman pizza. Like, uh, it's it's interesting how the town has used the legend to make it a good, not just for people who are interested in the story, but for people who live in the area as well. And it's one of the reasons I love Mothman so much, because not only mm. is the legend fun and all that, but it's done it's done a lot of good for the people of the area. It absolutely seems yeah. that way, yeah. Even though Mothman is most likely not no, real. No, sorry no, to ruin. That, oh, we were so <laughs> close to fun. a moment. We had such a moment there. <laughs> then the haters had to come the, in, the doubters. The, the idea of Mothman is very real and does a very good thing for that town. So it brings in like 20,000 people to the festival each year. It really helps like keep that town doing well. So it's really wholesome, actually. Yeah, I think it it's started from. Wholesome. Yeah, it started from like really like scary sightings and shit and now mothman's kind of like i don't know like a saint almost to point pleasant he's like he's definitely like a town mascot i would i would they, they yeah. put a statue of him up in the middle of town you know like yeah with nice that says a lot. yeah yeah it absolutely does and he means a lot to a lot of people so that's why i think mothman is also one of my favorite cryptids because it's nice to see a cryptid that's not just all kind of like doom and gloom which is ironic because this one is attached to a bridge collapse that killed 46 people which is well, actual well, substantial well, hold on the legend is or sorry not the legend the true story the true accounting of events is that <laughs> mothman was trying to warn everyone of the bridge yeah, collapse yeah. and that's why he was there he was the good guy he tried to oh. save them <laughs> He didn't do a yeah, great imagine job. Imagine he's like, he, it's like in Spider Man where he's like trying to stop the train with webs. He's got his wings out and trying to hold the bridge up. 
not on my watch, Point Pleasant. And then he still gets blamed. Wait, but surely there's a better way of like <laughs> warning people about the bridge collapse if that's what he was trying to do. Well, everyone just was sitting so on top afraid of, the bridge, of him, right? People hit him with cars and him. threw rocks at him. So he's like, ooh, I'm on the bridge. Don't go to it. Trying to be nice. Well, people were, se- oh, no, people were seeking smart. him out. So it would be like a moth to a flame kind of thing where everyone goes to the bridge to see him, stand on the bridge, like gawking up at him, and then it collapses like a fucking trap. I don't know. Well, it, it collapsed three days nice. after the appearances. It was like they oh, yeah, saw true. him and then it collapsed. So he gave them time to clear out, you know, it was, he gave them a fair warning. You know, he was, he was doing a public service. Yeah, I think the collapse was the collapse of the bridge was about a month after the initial sightings, which is actually now that I'm thinking about it, that is such a short amount of time. Oh, uh, oh wait, no, was it? No, it was a year. Never mind, it was a year and one month after the initial sightings. Right. Yeah. So, still, I mean, it's still close. I guess I was gonna say if it was like a month away, that's like extremely close. And now I'm a believer. Now I believe in the Mothman's prophetic visions or whatever. Well, it was one year. You know, he had a year on this earth and what did we do? We threw rocks at him and hit him with cars, so, you know. Yeah. Hey, he, he still might be alive, though, because you've got the most recent sighting and photos here from November of 2016. I do. So it says, precisely five decades following the initial Mothman sighting, an unidentified individual who had recently relocated to the area was traveling down Route 2 in Point Pleasant. According to reports, he claimed to have encountered the Mothman and managed to capture three images of the creature. These images were submitted to Eyewitness News, leading to the publication of an article titled Man Photographs Creature That Resembles Legendary Mothman of Point Pleasant. While the man declined an on-camera interview, he vehemently asserted that the picture had not undergone any editing. Interestingly, he had no prior awareness of the legend until he personally witnessed the Mothman. Allegedly. Yeah, I'm sure, buddy. Yeah, allegedly. Um, the pictures, I'm putting them up on screen. If you're an audio listener right now, the pictures are of black and white at what looks to be nighttime of like, what would you describe that as? Like a, a guy flying through the air with wings, basically. It gives <laughs> off a very uh, liminal, of it, liminal's a bit of buzzword. It gives off kind of an uncanny vibe. The picture, like all of it, it's like it's like weirdly nostalgic. The the lighting of the images and stuff. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of framed rather nice. I would put this on my wall. <laughs> it does remind. It is kind of sorry. I was just gonna say it's kind. Of, it looks like he himself posed for this and then like photoshopped <laughs> himself <laughs> there. Yeah, I can see that definitely. I mean, it definitely looks photoshopped to me. Like. Yeah, <laughs> augmented in some capacity. Um, it, it it does. It's got that charming kind of quality of like early, early. It, this wasn't early internet. This was 2016. But it does have that charming quality of like those fake cryptid images uh, on the, the early internet. Ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that kind of quality to it, which I quite enjoy. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, pay any attention to this one. This one is just there for the sake of it being there. Really, it's like not very compelling to me. Nope. I don't. It's bullshit. No, no. See, there you all go again with your doubting, your lies. Look, clearly, Mothman was making a last, and this will lead in my theory of what he is, because he's definitely real. But I have a theory as to why he's real. So I'll, I'll have. um, This ties into that theory, and we'll get to that when we get to the theory section. But you're all (laughs) continuing to be misbelievers, and because of that, uh, Mothman will not favor you kindly. 
when the time comes. So I just <laughs> want you to remember that. That this is that, that right mean? now you're sowing the seeds that you will one day reap. So remember that. I'm just gonna avoid any Whoa. bridges, basically, and I should be fine. <laughs> yeah, you better. You know, well, yeah, be you're lucky. You live in Australia. Our fucking this is a tangent, but I go on this a lot. <laughs> Our bridges in the U.S. are actually fucking atrocious. <laughs> Did you know that we? Well, not I, I can't say as an absolute, but for the most part, most places have stopped doing bridge inspections because every bridge fails. So it's actually better if they just don't do it, so that way it stops failing. The bridges are in terrible states. They're barely holding on. They could fucking collapse at any point. Yeah, that is scary. Our modern bridges are trash. If only Maybe there terrifying. was a Mothman to save us. Yeah, but he tried, and you doubt him. So, you know, you deserve. Well, these I don't bridges. want Mothman anywhere near bridges. It didn't. <laughs> he work was out warning. Well last time. He was warning. He can't stop well, wait, our not, poor yeah. infrastructure. He was trying to save us from our poor infrastructure. Are you trying to tell me that if you did see Mothman standing by a bridge this time, you would still go to that bridge? No, I'm saying it's a warning. I'm not going on the bridge if I see Mothman because Mothman no, goes. No, that's to what the I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I'd probably turn around if I saw Mothman by a bridge. Yeah, that that would be it for that bridge. I think. Maybe that's why the uh, maybe that's why they're not upkeeping the bridges anymore, Charlie. They know Mossman's out there <laughs> doing personal inspections on the bridges. You know, have you, uh, Charlie? To. Have you yeah. heard of a bridge collapsing in the U.S. since the Point Pleasant one? That's what I thought. That's why I thought there hasn't been a single bridge collapse since 1967, <laughs> and it's because he has been taking care of them, making sure that we're safe. So. I, I'm here for someone complain a lot about it. I think we have a solution, and I think you're denying that solution. And I think that's a you problem you need to work out. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. You sound like you're yeah. about to cry. <laughs> you know. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the theories because there's a lot of theories here. Um, the first one is obviously just that the Mothman is encrypted. That like uh, basically what we've been describing. He's an undiscovered species, so far undiscovered species, that exists in the TNT area. Uh, it's a cool theory. I, st I still like the it's idea the of him one. being encrypted. Yeah, I still <laughs> like the idea of him being encrypted. Um, that's always fun. But I think there are more compelling theories here that we'll get into eventually. The next one I, I found quite fun, Charlie. You'd probably get a kick out of this one. The Mothman is an interdimensional being. <laughs> this, now, okay, this I love that. this is actually my theory. This is my theory about him. Okay, so here, here, hear me out. Mothman is a creature from a very advanced reality, but one that is not directly adjacent to our own. So humanity maybe evolved differently. Maybe creatures other than humanity came to Earth. Eventually, these creatures became what Mothman is. So they begin exploring other dimensions, and they do this by looking for areas that. Uh, have some kind of technology, some kind of value to whatever science this other dimension is trying to pull off, but nowhere mainstream. You can't appear in the middle of, you know, Times Square that will bring too much attention. But an old military plant in a sleepy town in West Virginia, you could try that out. So Mothman visits our dimension, but once he gets there, he sees a lot of dissent, a lot of distrust. He starts to see things like uh, the the local town having a lot of poverty. Uh, starts to see a lot of issues with uh, local governments and things such as. So he starts to manipulate the town from behind the scenes. And before he leaves, he decides to stick around and warn people of a local bridge that he knows is about to collapse. After the bridge collapses, he travels back to his own reality. Uh, this is a pretty easy answer <laughs> to it. I don't see what the issue is. So, did he fucking did he teleport back to his 
own dimensional depressed because he failed at his what he was no, trying no, to No, it's because his do. job was done. He went back to report. He was an his agent. His job was he done. Was they inserted. all died. 46 people died and the bridge collapsed. It could have been more. It could have been more. Shit. Who knows how many would have if, if people weren't afraid to go on the bridge because Mothman was there. Also, if you'll remember, in the original sheriff's report, he said that his radio was creating a weird kind of static. And also, through True. the entire year Mothman was in Point Pleasant, electricity was behaving weird. That's because the energy he carried over from the other dimension was causing a rift, a rift that made electronics misbehave whenever he's around. So there's a lot of through lines, a lot of consistency. I don't this is clearly what he is. Yeah, he's a multi-dimensional <laughs> being who like came fucking Dr. Manhattan. Yes, to, he came to help us for a short amount of time and then went back to his own reality. And we honor him as such. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, hey. Well, I can't argue with that. I like what you're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we can really wrap up here. This has been the Red Thread. Thanks, everyone, for this. <laughs> we have, we yeah, have. I guess there's no yeah. other explanation needed. We got him. <laughs> he came from a different dimension to help us out and then completely failed at helping us out and left depressed, basically. Yeah, yeah. Hey, j just for just for the record, Jackson, can you say can you say that the Mothman isn't real, real quick? The Mothman isn't real. <laughs> that play, could you hear that? <laughs> no, I couldn't hear anything. Dang, dang, I didn't hear anything. Just, <laughs> it was just silence. <laughs> I pulled up on my phone extremely loud, incorrect buzzer. And I was <laughs> just anytime oh, you're gonna yeah, mention, did not make it. Anytime you're gonna mention another theory, I was gonna do it, but it didn't. It didn't work, so forget it. But Actually, my point I'm, still I'm stands. I'm not gonna add the silence. Thank you. I'm not gonna you. add the noise. I, it's just okay. gonna be silent. <laughs> it's gonna okay. be awkward. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. But my point still stands. He's, he's, he's a he is a being here to save us, and he should be treated with the respect as such. So now you can get into your fake cope theories. Yeah, sure. Well, he is treated with a lot of respect, to be fair. Yeah, he is treated not with a YouTube, lot of respect. Not by YouTube, not by my co-host on this hey, podcast. Hey, I love it. I love, I love I still, I, I appreciate what he does for Point Pleasant. I yeah. just, you know, he's more of a symbol than a, a tangible thing. Mm -hmm. he, more of an idea. Yeah. I hope he's real. I think it would be cool. I'd love if he was real. Yeah, he seemed, like I said, in the, in the initial um, moments of the podcast, I think he's like one of the friendliest cryptids that's ever existed so i'm totally down for him to be real i'm fine with that but my theory my theory is not rooted in any kind of interdimensional um you know pseudoscience that you dabble in it's rooted in i think i believe he's just an animal <laughs> i think he's a i think he's a sandhill crane basically uh that that seems to be the most compelling theory to me uh have you guys seen these photos of of sandhill crane birds at night they look shockingly like uh mothman to me Without i watched this video that you're referencing here so it comes from groovy Gro groovy gavin in the youtube video mothman is mothman actually real mm -hmm. so this is where he tackles like the sandhill crane theory and i think there's a small chance that it was a sandhill crane i really think it's more just mass hysteria i think they saw like a big bat or something and they saw all of these like accounts being put out and they're like oh must be more oh i think it's both but I like so I, I think the theory. so what i mean is the initial uh sighting is something like the sandhill crane or even a, or, or even a bat like you said and then from there once people start seeing it in articles and stuff that's when the mass hysteria kind of took hold and people started making up their own accounts or seeing things uh that weren't entirely accurate and playing it up is that what you mean yeah i do 
Yeah, I do love the picture of the sandhill crane at night with its wings spread. It looks really cool. Yeah, it does. Uh, look at its long legs as well, uh, and its wingspan yeah. itself, and and the eyes as well. I think it's also important to note if you shine any kind of light at a lot of birds or different birds, like in the faces at night, their eyes genuinely, generally, do glow like a very vibrant red as well. Um, so it's entirely possible that that's what they saw in the car headlights was just birds' eyes being very bright red uh and they do seem to have like giant eyes as well <laughs> like in that picture at, at night of the sandhill crane which is up on screen at the moment um like the eyes are glowing like super bright yeah so to me that's the most compelling thing in my head i'm playing the the incorrect buzzer but <laughs> it's just <continue>. constantly <laughs> that in your head <laughs> yeah every, everything you all just said that's all i heard <laughs> yeah uh, the only thing that kind of like uh, put a put a kibosh on this theory for me was that the sandhill crane isn't found generally in West Virginia. <laughs> so unless someone like smuggled one in and it was flying around at the time, then I think perhaps it was a different creature. Or maybe and, and hold maybe on, it's undocumented. Hold on. What about uh, when they were driving away? They said that Mothman was following them in speeds of up to a hundred miles an hour. Can sandhill cranes fly that fast? Can they? I don't know. You tell probably me. Probably not. Probably, I didn't even know not. those bitches could fly. We get them down here. <laughs> See? See? So, folks yeah. on that theory now, doesn't it? Potentially. Or maybe um, another theory is that Mothman is just a building. All right. I'm, I'm, yeah, flipping, that, I'm flipping my table. This is, this is absurd. <laughs> this is slander. I can't do this anymore. I can't work under these yeah, conditions. Even that one makes me... <laughs> That one makes me want to flip a table too. Have you, <laughs> That's a dumb thing. But have you guys ever seen like the radio antennas and they have to put the red lights on top that blink? Yeah, because, I've seen uh, those a lot. They've never airplane. chased my car down a dark road at night. <laughs> well, yeah, true. <laughs> but maybe they saw the crane first. That would be way scarier than Mothman. Imagine an antenna <laughs> like right behind you. <laughs> well, do you want to know something fun about why that theory is not as outlandish as you think? Oh, mm-hmm. no. We actually just, I made a video on this recently. We just saw something blow up on TikTok about giants are real and the government's hiding it from they us. Are. And their evidence was there was an antenna <laughs> on top of a mountain and they thought it was a giant. So there is a chance that that happened here, but I still think it's super stupid. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think there's like elements where some person could see the, the red light and and get scared and think it's Mothman from far away. But like the car chase stuff, that doesn't really pan out, obviously. Um, what about the men in black aspects? Is there anything you guys want to talk about there? A lie. Just a lie. Just a lie? You don't have any further thing. So uh, the men in black stuff actually comes from the uh, author who wrote the the Mothman prophecies, the original book. Um, he coined yeah, He cute. coined the phrase men in black. Um, and yeah, he, he believes that a lot of men in black would come and like talk to the, talk to the eyewitnesses and tell them to remain silent and stuff like that. And they, and the men in black would search the town for Mothman and stuff. So is it at all possible that the Mothman is an escaped government experiment, Charlie, and the men in black are trying to put him back in the cage? Nope. Oh, okay. I don't think so. I, I also okay. disagree with that theory, but for different reasons than Charlie disagrees with that theory. I, I just <laughs> think he's an interdimensional <laughs> time being, not because I don't think he's not real. Okay. So, <laughs> I see. I see what you're getting at. <laughs> you know, so, 
I can't tell if you're being serious, Wendy Goon. Is your theory actually that he's an interdimensional being? Ab- absolutely. Obviously. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> why would it be okay. anything else? I, I ranted for like 10 minutes about why that's absolutely what happened. And you keep trying to make me doubt. I don't, uh, the man in black thing might be real, but I know this. If I was alive during this time and I had to deal with people like you telling me he's not real, I would pretend to be government agents and snoop around the town to make more people think it's real. So, Well, can't you just tie them together, though? Can't you say, like, the men in black were, like, investigating the temporal rifts left by him? The, uh, you know, interdimensional rifts left by I, Mothman? I, I, mean, I mean, They maybe. can both be true. I mean, sure, they can both be true, but I think Mothman's so far beyond our understanding especially in the 1960s i think he i think he was running circles around government agents maybe they were showing up in the town to do stuff uh but i don't think they would have got anywhere just because mothman's that good at what he does <laughs> and as far as the pictures in 2016 um that that's the one part the one account i'm willing to believe is doctored that's it oh is it because it doesn't make sense for him he's... to come back it doesn't make sense for exactly. to come back after that time period okay. maybe it was well, another he one looks, he looks weak yeah maybe it was another one of the, the mothman species <laughs> from the time dimension <laughs> maybe that's what it was but we did check out his work can we check if they rebuilt the bridge right but why why would he do that right because if mothman if his whole point here was to collect data and then warn us and then leave then, or, or maybe it was just to collect data, and then his good heart got in the way of his mission, and he decided to stay to warn us about the Silver Bridge. Why would another one come to the exact same area? There's been reports of Mothman reported in, like, Russia, uh, and some people have even said they saw him before the World Trade Center attack, but that's a whole other story. So, maybe uh, th- those are the same being coming over to different times in our timeline to save us from stuff, but I don't think a different one or even the same one would revisit Point Pleasant. That doesn't make a lot of sense. So that's the one detail I, I'm willing to say is a farce. I do love the idea that they are interdimensional beings, but they have this incredible technology to do that and then have no means of effectively helping us in any way other than <laughs> yeah. just standing around looking menacing. They can't figure out a more effective way <laughs> of helping. Well, they're like, they're like the Watchers. Yeah. They don't interfere with mankind they just observe well by being here they're interfering immediately well um no (laughs) good argument (laughs) no noted noted that's the red thread way baby (laughs) that's that's how these arguments go down no no he no 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 look the he was just to observe and report but like i said his his altruism got in the way and he wanted to help that's why he stuck around. That's why he. Oh, that's why he made himself seen when he wasn't correct. supposed to. Yeah, because he like there could be hundreds, if not thousands, of these time being Mothmans throughout all of humanity's history. And but we this know. one, his heart was three sizes too big, and that it jeopardized right. his mission. We saw him, but he he did it to help. Well, it was Christmas time when the See? bridge collapsed. So yeah, um, but what? So wait, if if he was here. What do you, what do you mean? Like, what was their goal if not to help? Like, why are they just watching us to observe, observe and report? report. Yeah. See, Charlie knows. Catch up, Jackson. Okay, uh, I get it. Okay, I get it from the Council of Mothmen. Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, Charlie, Charlie will be accepted into the order when when his time <laughs> when Wait. his time comes. He will be favored, <laughs> unlike you. Is there any? I couldn't. So to end this episode, I have a question uh, for the experts here. Um, is there any reason it's a moth 
Like, is there any kind of connection with moths with anything? I know, like, moths like lights and stuff like that. Is there any kind of deeper meaning we can take from Mothman here? They kind of openly admit the reason it's a moth is because they couldn't use Batman. <laughs> like, it, I don't think there was anything deep to yeah, it. Yeah, but it's still shaped like a moth, right? Oh, well, not I mean, really, yeah, no, not really. Yeah, never mind. <clears throat> so it's, it's definitely more shaped like a bat than a moth. Yeah. Just as a moth is drawn to a flame, Mothman draws mm-hmm. us to a higher understanding. Uh, which is? Be wary of American inf- road infrastructure systems. We talked about this. <laughs> Actually, a great message if that's yeah. the one he's trying yeah. to send, because our infrastructure is fucking yes. awful. Yes, and this this is the enlightenment. Get it, enlightenment. But, of oh my god, that's still the bridge was going to collapse anyway, whether or not he did anything. So that would have been the yes, message. And he regardless. warned us. He warned us that the bridge was going to collapse. Don't you see? See what I'm seeing, Jackson. The bridge. <laughs> the American get- infrastructure. <laughs> is a farce they make things to kill us things that will fall apart and he saw this and he can't intervene but he can warn he is a harbinger of what we have done to ourselves <laughs> oh he's the mirror he's being the mirror society. you made me <laughs> it's can you not see he was burst from a weapons factory of war he came from the worst oh. humanity had to offer and tried to make us into our best selves and what did we do? Right. We rejected him, just as you are now. But you said, but you, why are you bringing the weapons manufacturing plant into this now? Yeah, that that, I, I, that, I, I said he was burst from the worst of it. Like he came from, like physically, the location, he came from the worst oh. humanity had to offer. Oh, it's yeah, symbolic yeah. I, of, yeah. of his journey of going from like, and he disrupts technology, he disrupts our our machinations, our, our, our things society is built upon to try to point us towards something better. He was, he was really a prophet, if you think about it, which is why the book mm-hmm. is called The Mothman Prophecies. It's all connected. True, yeah. True. I do, I Showing do us the that. folly of our hubris. Yeah. Exactly. See, look, look at you. Look at Charlie. He, he's fitting right into the group. He's going to be an acolyte at this rate in no time. <laughs> I'm coming around. I'm coming around. You're making a lot of sense now. But Jackson, if you don't soon, we're going to feed you to the bridge. Okay. <laughs> just the bridge's wreckage. Just, nice. I'm just going to throw you. you into the water next to Gallipolis, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So where would, so where would uh, Mothman rank for you guys in general? Uh, S tier. Uh, I think he's the yeah, I'd say he's a very. I'd say he's definitely got to be S tier. He literally helps finance an entire town. Yeah, yeah, they make no other cryptid can do that. They make like a million dollars per festival, apparently, in profit. So he's he's a very lucrative cryptid, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah for and sure. I, let's let's just uh, disregard all of the like theories around this. I like like we said earlier. I I do really appreciate the Mothman cryptid itself. Because, like we said before, it really means a lot to a, a whole a whole community of people and people beyond the community itself as well. I I, I think that it's just a very like positive cryptid. So I, I really do appreciate him. I think he's S tier as well. I think he's at the very top. And he's got a nice butt. He does have a nice butt. That he does. That he's caked that's, up. That's something sure. we can all agree on. 
And that took us means business. Yeah, that's a that's an interdimensional. <laughs> those are interdimensional they, cheeks. Right? They sent their best agent for <laughs> a specimen. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were fucking testing on at the fucking uh, military experimentations was how to perfect butt cheeks. Yeah, they did how it. to get the perfect rum. The Germans will never see this coming. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this episode of The Red Thread. We really appreciate you guys hanging out with us and listening to <laughs> our theories and such, uh, as well as us ranting about Mothman. We hope that you learned something about Mothman while you were here. And beyond that, we're just really thankful that you're all hanging out with us and, and listening to The Red Thread. It really does mean so much to us that you guys are here for the ride. Uh, we're loving The Red Thread. We're really enjoying it. Uh, also, shout out to my girlfriend who who really compiled the notes for this one. Um, so thank you for that one. She she did a great job on compiling all these notes together. Show notes in the description, by the way, uh, for this episode, as well as all previous episodes. You can find the show notes below. Other than that, that's everything from me. You guys want to say anything to wrap this one up? Nah, Mothman forever, baby. Mothman yeah. forever. I, I hope I never see him, though, because that's that that means bad stuff, right? Uh, for you, Probably, yeah. with this attitude, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've offended it now. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for this one. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.